This is the SCT Show. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana. Nope, GM fucking bats 1,000. It's not, it's never, it's not possible. You can't bat 1,000. And Nam Man. Jim's like literally like probably struggling. Like, what, what is this? Nobody told me that there's math involved in this job. <laughs> Season 2. What's up? It is the SCT Show. How's everybody doing? Rod Shergill filling in for Nat Man alongside Tanvi Arana, producer Ryan Lee Hall here as well. And free agency period gets going in about 24 hours' time. As of right now, the Vancouver Canucks have only made one move, signing Zach McEwen to a two-year contract. And Tanvi, there's still lots of work to do. Sounds like Oliver ekman Larson is something that's on the forefront of general manager Jim Benning's mind. Uh, we'll get into all of that, including Tyler Toffoli potentially hitting the market. I mean, we know he's going to hit the market, but will he sign elsewhere or, or will he come back to the Vancouver Canucks? Troy Stetcher as well. Um, you just tweeted something about 35, 36 minutes ago on Twitter saying hashtag trade Pearson. Mm-hmm. You agree with this? Like, I, I want to get, I want to know you know, your thought process behind this, because it's not the first time I've heard it. I've heard, seen a lot of people talk about that. Mm-hmm. He's um, a contract to trade. You can get, actually get an asset for him. Yes. Um, he's, a, he's a good hockey player, for sure. And, yeah, the Canucks, you know, got to the second round, and you're probably thinking, why would the Canucks trade Pearson? He, he helped the Canucks. You know, he had 21 goals. He was a good player. He played was decent in the playoffs. Uh, he was a little inconsistent, but he was decent. You know, like... Uh, the reason I say Treat Pearson is he's got one. This is his last year on his contract, right? He he's an asset that you can get something back for, and I personally believe that he's not a top six fix. And yeah, he, yeah, he had twenty one goals, but I think a lot of them were empty net points, and a lot of them were empty net goals. Um, you got to look into that, and then you also got to look at how this team is built. We need some more speed on the team. We need some speed, and um, he's also an older player, almost thirty years old. And then you look at the Tyler Toffoli situation. I would have thought if Tyler Toffoli was coming back, you don't run him the wrong way by trading Pearson, right? Um, but if Tyler Toffoli is thinking about him in the market and he isn't going to come back and you already gave up all these assets for him, how about try getting some assets back for a guy like Tanner Pearson? Because Tyler Toffoli and Tyler Pearson are really good friends. And I know that you know just because they're friends doesn't mean you move a player like Pearson and you, you go into panic mode. But look, look what we gave up for Tyler Toffoli. And I know those assets... We got we got a uh, we won a couple of rounds in the playoffs, and Tyler Tanner, Tyler Toffoli wasn't even ha- in the playoffs for half the half the playoffs. He, he came in during the Vegas series, and uh, we won it. We beat the cup, defending cup champs without a Tyler Toffoli. I know losing him would hurt in our top six, and losing a guy like Tanner Pearson would hurt in the top six. But we already hurt ourselves by giving up a second round pick and Tyler Madden, who would have you could have probably made this team this year. So and he would have been a cheap contract on this team helping this team this year you know might have might have helped so yeah because he's one of those guys that you can actually get an asset back for you know i don't necessarily i don't know about tyler madden if he would have made the team next year and even if he did does i don't not sure what type of a role he was going to play definitely not a top six role and i also agree with you saying that pearson isn't a top six forward uh, for the long term. Like, yeah, I think we all agree that he's probably better served 
for the third line and a, a line that consists of, you know, perhaps Adam Gaudet, Josh Levo and, and Tanner Pearson or someone would be phenomenal for the Canucks. But that being said, as of right now, the Canucks don't have anybody to replace Tanner Pearson. And yeah, you can make the argument that if they deal Pearson for, say, a second round draft pick or whatever it might be, you get those assets back. But you're not guaranteed to go out there and sign guys that are on the market that are similar value to Tanner Pearson that might score the same amount of goals as Tanner Pearson or perhaps even do a little bit better. So there's no guarantee of that. And if there was, then I would be on board and saying, yeah, for sure, you trade Tanner Pearson. That being said, you know what? I feel like a lot of Canucks fans are you know, stuck on this accumulate assets thing because of the rebuild that we were just in last year. And, you know, four years prior to that, I don't know about if this is about assets. You know, I don't necessarily care about assets. I want this team to progress next year. And how you do that is have a guy like Tanner Pearson, like a Tyler Toffoli, play on the wing with Bo Horvat. Now, if it's not Toffoli, if it's not Pearson, that's fine. But one thing's for sure, it cannot be Antoine Roussel and it cannot be Josh Levo. That's just taking your team back to where it was two years ago. It needs to be players that are going to be contributors for them from an offensive point of view. And that's what Tanner Pearson brings. And the second round pick, yeah, it's great. You're going to free up 3.7 mil or whatever it might be. But it's still putting your team you know, backwards when it comes to offensive contributions heading into next season. And, you know, what? we talked a little bit about this. Like, I've, I've seen it on Twitter, I should say, about you know, Troy Stetcher and the team getting rid of, him, rid of him for no assets if they had no plans of, you know, qualifying him in the first place. And when when your team is pushing for the playoffs yeah. and you are going to get into the playoffs, the last thing you care about, Tandir, is a third-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick, whatever it might be. You want Troy Stetcher on your team playing in that third pair right behind Chris Tanev and Tyler Myers to, you know, help that team in the postseason. I don't care. I don't give a shit about acquiring draft picks at that time, right? And the same goes now for Tanner Pearson. Again, if you can make me a guarantee they go out and sign a guy like Nemestikov or whoever it might be or they potentially trade for somebody, then yeah, go ahead and deal them. But because it's such an uncertainty, I'm not willing to make that deal. So, so it frees up three point whatever seven million off the cap if you trade Pearson, right? And yeah, Bo Horvat takes a hit because who's Bo going to play with? Louis yeah. Erickson again, like nobody wants Bo to play with Louis Erickson again. But there's some guys out there on the market that you could probably get for cheap, like an Anthony Duclair, you know. And you have a guy that you qualified, and you know how I know you don't like him, and I know that uh, most of this pod and most of Canucks uh, Twitter and Canuck fans don't aren't a big fan of his. Jake Vertanen, like he showed this year that he could play on the top line, and you could even push Brock Bester down. Like, let's say you do lose Tyler Toffoli. Right there, you're already stuck. Your top six is already a mess. Like you have, you have the top line of JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, and Bo Horvat, and you have nobody else that can replace those guys. Precisely. But you gotta look at the future, and you gotta look at that Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes are gonna get paid. Uh, right now, we have cap space, but the the team is trying to figure out where they should spend that cap space, right? And I'm not saying that Anthony Duclair is the an answer, but I don't believe that Tanner Pearson. And this time in his career is a better hockey player than Nancy Duclair. I don't I, I don't I don't I don't disagree with you, right? And that's not my point is not that we cannot go out and find a replacement for a guy like Tanner mm -hmm. Pearson because there are guys on the market that are capable of playing that role. My yeah. point is 
that you're not guaranteed to get any of them. And we've talked about the contracts that are hammering the Canucks right now, like Jay Beagle right. and Antoine Roussel. Right. You're saying the we're Canucks. not guaranteed to get any of them. But you look at look at the PT, uh, agents around the league. Uh, players around the league are talking about how Vancouver is a destination for players to come to Vancouver. So why wouldn't a guy like Anthony Duclair look at, oh, you know what? A two-year deal in Vancouver. He's 24 years old. He's a young player. He's bring some speed. I think he'd be perfect fit with Bo Horvat on that uh, on that uh, second line. Like I think that Tanner Pearson is getting older, and you got to start looking at him as an asset. And not like I know you're talking about Troy Stetcher. Yeah, moving Troy Stetcher definitely. Like we're going we're going into the playoffs. Why would he move Troy Stetcher? And plus, his value is not high enough to even move him. I understand that, but Troy Stetcher. I think the right move was not to qualify him because his offer was so big. So it was yeah. actually a, a smart move. And, all, and maybe circle back. There was a report out there um, by David Quadrelli from Canucks Conversation talking about how uh, they they're not going to circle back, and that sort of angered me because I thought that Troy Stetcher he's yeah. willing to take less. And he's a good third pair defenseman. He's willing to take two million. Like that's a that's a that's a valuable contract. I think a team like Toronto yeah. is going to go after him. But again, like I think that uh, Tanner Pearson is an asset that you have to look at moving because he's movable. You could get a right. second round. Back. You could get a second round pick back. And then if you if you want to improve this team, you could trade that second round pick for a, a player that could help you. And uh, like on the, at the trade deadline or something. You know what I mean? And I think. I think you gotta accumulate some assets, and you, I know you're saying you're saying that accumulating assets when you're a winning team. It's like I want to see this team progress. Honestly, accumulating. Look what Tampa Bay did with their first round pick when we traded the first round pick for JT Miller. They traded for a guy like Blake Coleman, and they turned it into a Blake Coleman, and that guy helped them win the cup. So that's how you gotta think of the GM moving forward. Uh, you know, like I think the Canucks are, are not, the I, thing with the thing with Tampa Bay is like they're you know, team is already so set that when they go out and pay, like they, they have an embarrassment of riches. So you can afford to pay a first-round pick for Blake Coleman. You can afford to pay a first-round draft pick for Barkley Goodrow, mm-hmm. right? That's what Tampa Bay did. But with the Canucks right now, and again, all of your points, they make sense. I agree with them that Tanner Pearson, if you had a guy like, say, Tyler Toffoli signed, and if you wanted to take a risk of, you know, playing somebody that's younger, maybe you don't have that guarantee of, of how they're going, if you're going to have somebody on the left wing, but you're willing to take that risk, then you can go out and trade Tanner Pearson and we can, you know, figure out who's going to play in that slot. But we don't even have Tyler Toffoli. The Canucks don't have Tyler Toffoli, yeah. right? Bo Horvat's winger is going into next season without two of those players. Like I mentioned, it's probably like Jake Vertanen, maybe Josh Levo, Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, like, these are not guys that you want to go into next season with, especially when you talk about a team contending. Canucks Twitter has been on general manager Jim Benning for saying that the bad contracts that this team has signed are going to be the reason as to why this team regresses next season. And and that's, you know, and well, that's, 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 that's decently, like, somewhat, maybe. It yeah. depends on really how they navigate the situation. But... You know, to me, trading a guy like Tanner Pearson and not having a bona fide plan is also a signal of regressing next season. Yeah. That being said, though, like, you, like you, I, I'm a firm believer on, in what you just said as well, like where, you know, Anthony Duclair and other free agents want to come to Vancouver because of how good it is. You know, I was texting Brendan Dillon and he told me like how much you would want to play in Vancouver. And then he goes and signs that deal with Washington, mm-hmm. stabbed me in the heart, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, free agents want to come to Vancouver, man, because of how you know, lucrative the the market is and how um how the 
young players have really progressed and you know going to the playoffs helps that that being said though it, there still isn't a guarantee um and if you're willing to take that risk as gm jim betting like that's pretty ballsy especially not having a guy like tyler Toffoli there so i mean you know it is risk and reward and sometimes you got to take risks i don't know if that's one that's necessarily a, a particularly smart one right now um there's so many there's so many uh balls in the air right now for jim betting yeah. uh, jim betting man like if people are, are so impatient in Vancouver, fans especially. Like, I know that we want to see a big Oliver ekman Larson trade. We want to see him try to re-sign a guy like Jacob Markstrom, who's the team's MVP, and, you know, bring back Tyler Toffoli, who he gave a lot of assets back for. But I think what Jim Bennington is doing right now is setting the groundwork for what the future is going to be. Because people can look at how these bad contracts are the reason why we're um, – you know, that, that we're stuck and not able to sign a guy like Markstrom. But a lot of that has to do with how good Quinn Hughes and uh, Elias Pettersson are, too. Because those guys are going to get paid, man. They're going to get paid like the players that they sh- like players that should be get paid. Like all-star, like superstar caliber players that yeah. are going to be making $10 million maybe plus. You know, and they should. They're, they're that good. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have. But, like, again, you know, signing guys like Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel and Brandon Sutter and even Eric Branson, who he signed, um, uh, you know, like you got Tanner Pearson back for him. But even Anaheim, they had to move up. They got a fifth round pick back for Eric Branson somehow. It made no sense. But, so, yeah. but again, like I think this team is like, yeah, taking a step back is is unacceptable because you know Jim Benning's been here for so long, and I understand how the fans can you know be pissed off and angry at Jim Benning, but at least let it play out before you start getting angry about like yeah. betting at a GM. Like I get it. Like I get that he signed these bad contracts, but right now he's got Arizona and he's got the, he's got all the leverage in that trade. Yeah. So people so, are being impatient about make the trade, make the trade. But they're also saying Jim Benning's going to give all these assets up. The right. reason Jim Benning is waiting is because he doesn't want to give up a pod calls in Hogland or a Demko. You know what I mean? And those, and Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, reported today that Arizona really wants one of those three guys. And Jim Benning, he's saying, yeah, nope, not giving those. So how is yeah. it? Canucks fans, you know, they, they want Jim Benning to play hardball with guys like Markstrom and, you know, the Oliver ekman Larson trade talks. And then when he does that, it takes a long time to happen and to come to mm-hmm. fruition. And then when it takes this time, they're like, well, Jim Benning's not doing anything. Well, yeah. because he's too busy playing hardball, so he doesn't give away these assets. Uh, but that being said, like you know, I had a I had a tweet out a few days ago about saying you know the pandemic really messed up the Vancouver Canucks cap situation, and so did you know Roberto Luongo's cap hit as well. And you know, I find that to be true because you know you can't necessarily, in my opinion, say that the the bad contracts is is what halted them, and then just completely dismiss. COVID-19 as a reason why, why it has as well. Like, I, you know what I mean? Of course, we know Jay Beagle, Brandon Sutter, Louis Erickson, these kinds of deals, Michael Furland, have resulted in this cap being tight for the Canucks. Uh, but that being said, they still should have had a little bit more cap to deal with if it wasn't for Luongo, that's $3 million, if it wasn't for the flat cap, which could have gone up a lot more as well. So the Canucks should have had more money to deal with. Uh, but, you know, my, my point is this, I guess, that you know, with, with Oliver Ekman Larson coming in, potentially, uh, I, I agree that they should not be giving up a Demko Hoglander or a Putt Colson. 
I don't mind giving up a first round pick because hey, even with all the leverage in the world, he's still a decent defense. He's still a really good defenseman. Really, you're, good. Going, you're going to get. You're going to have to give something up, right? Like people are comparing it to the Ryan Kessler deal when the Canucks got got rid of Kessler. The Canucks got back a first round draft pick, right? So you're going to probably have to give at least a little bit of an asset. The question to me is how much money is Arizona willing to give back um, to take back? Another thing, like, would you rather have? Oliver Ekman Larson on this team or Tyler Toffoli? Um, definitely Oliver Ekman Larson. The thing is, nowadays with the cap and everything and the contract, that you're you're like as a player, you'd rather have Oliver Ekman Larson, right? Like, like he's he's a guy that could help your defense. Our our need is defense, so he would help us immediately. And I think he's a world class defenseman. I don't just think that this guy could come in and be a guy behind Quinn Hughes. He could be a guy that plays the harder minutes in a defensive zone. Over yeah, totally. You know, like, this guy has offensive ability as well. He's pretty much a better Alex Edler because uh, Alex Edler is obviously older. He's a guy – you're probably getting Alex Edler. Uh, like, he's like a, a guy that played like Alexander in his prime. And he's 29 years old. He probably has four good years left. And that's, that's a scary thing. You have – he's got seven years left on his contract. And that's why Jim Benning's playing hardball. That's why Jim Benning is not willing to give up a guy like Pod Colson, uh, Hoaglander, or um, uh, Demko, right? Like, this guy's got seven years left. And if you are going to give up uh, one of those prospects, you've got to make sure he's on a retained salary and also make sure that first-round pick is a conditional first-round pick. I, that's what I believe, firmly believe, that if you're going to give up one of those three guys, that's what's going to happen coming back. But I think that I'd rather have Oliver Ekman-Larsen because it's, our big, it's, a, it's a bigger need for us. Because, yeah, if we get rid of Tyler Toffoli, we still have hopefully a guy like Hoaglander that could come in. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, yeah. Maybe if, if – I hope they don't trade Pod Colson, but if they do, you know, like uh, like if they don't keep – if they do keep him, then we still have him uh, uh, that could play in the top six uh, with Bo Horvat, right? So, again, like I'd rather have Oliver ekman Larson. He's a fucking good defense. And if you can move money out and get him – then it's a no-brainer. Like you have, like this thing fell in the Canucks lap, and yes. like Oliver, the Canucks didn't know that Oliver Ekman want, uh, Larson wanted to come to Vancouver. He yeah. agent legit phoned Jim Benning and said he's on your guys' no trade list, and now it fell in Jimbo's lap. And Boston is hesitant to make that deal because of the cap and the and the years left on his contract. But I think he doesn't just fit the Canucks' need on the ice, but man, does he 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 fits the culture. He fits. Everything about the, the the team, you know, like, and, and I know you can look at Louis Erickson and be like, Louis Erickson fit the culture too, and he never came in and played like who we thought he would, right? But Louis Erickson, like, I think he was like thirty plus, and he's not, and he's not. Oliver Ekman Larson was still a good defenseman last year. He's been on an Arizona team that has, like, that has like done like they've been trashed, like they've had uncertainty. Yeah. Since day one, since they, play, they play a very defensive style that doesn't really fit Ekman Larson's game, and and also there's rumblings there that like him and Coach Rick Tockett don't get along, and Tockett wants a different captain and a guy that is a little bit more outspoken and plays with perhaps a little bit more heart than a guy like Ekman Larson, and those are all like you know qualities that a particular coach wants, but for the Canucks, like that type of player is kind of like the guys that they already have that are leading the charge right now, right? Pedersen isn't that outspoken. You don't 
it doesn't seem like as of right now he's still a young guy of course quinn hughes is in brock besser right these aren't guys that you look that say like they're gonna light a fire in the locker room's ass right this is like these are quiet guys that just lead sort of by example and by their playing style i think who, would be a good who, fit. who would you two want Tyler Toffoli or oliver ekman larson so for me it depends on how much uh, money are the arizona coyotes retaining right because if you're looking at oliver ekman larson for uh, you know, six and a half, uh, six and a half to seven and a half range, depending on how much is retained. Um, and I'm not sure what that percentage equals to. Um, then I would definitely have an Oliver Ekman Larson, right? Again, it also does depend on what you're giving back to the way. Um, but it, you know, if as long as it's not put Coles and Hoglander or uh, Demko, then I would definitely have Ekman Larson as well because, you know, <clears throat> when the Canucks prior to last year, the Canucks always tried to give Horvat some guys to play with that were by low options. Cause you know what? The Canucks were very good. They were in the middle of a rebuild, despite what you might believe how that rebuild went. And Benning did not want to give real assets to acquire players, right? The only real asset he gave in that rebuild was a second round pick of Jared McCann to get back Eric Branson. After that, he never really gave away too many actual assets to I get back know. players. And uh, he gave up. He gave up a second round pick for Lyndon Vay. He gave up a second round pick for Sven Berchi. Like so he, that was his. That was his first. That was his first year. That, that was his first year, and that wasn't part of the rebuild. All right, and those picks were acquired too, like through Jason Garrison. Um, right. So that was his first year, and that team had made the playoffs the year prior to that. I wouldn't call that a rebuild. I'm talking about 2016 onwards, right? So like now we're talking about, <clears throat> but now like once the team actually decided to, hey, we need to take a step forward because of how great Pedersen and Hughes and all of these guys are. They go out and they acquire JT Miller for a first-round draft pick. They go out and send Tyler Madden at a second-round pick to go and get Tyler Foley. They actually put in real money or real assets to go and get back established players that are going to help the team now, right? And you can do that when you're going to go and get a winger just for one first-round pick or just for a pick and a prospect. To get back a defenseman, the caliber of Oliver Ekman Larson, it's not going to cost you that money. And it's definitely not going to cost you one first round pick. Jake were like, you know, a, a B level prospect, uh, taking Arizona, taking some money back, uh, and retaining some money as well. Like whatever it might be, you're not going to get a caliber of Ekman Larson for that package deal. And if the Canucks are able to do that, then I think you should definitely pounce on it. Cause you know, if Arizona didn't want to give up Ekman Larson, then how much is it really going to cost you two first round picks, a prospect and you know, a roster player, like it's going to be really hefty, and the Canucks right now have a chance to do it at a big discount. Yeah, Ryan, how about you? What are you, Roger, man, this guy hasn't been here for a while, and now he's just all pumped up. He's all fired up. It's you know one day before free agency, man. I'm yeah. you know ready to go. You know what? Um, Ekman Larson is a really really good defenseman. Like those guys don't come around all that often, especially in this market. I mean, yeah, Tanbeer, you were saying he's similar to Alex Edler and whatnot, but he's really. He's very offensive. Like when you when you look at his stats and whatnot, he is like people say that he's re- he's regressed. He's done this. He's done that. Okay, he plays in in Arizona. It's not the greatest team in the first place. In Vancouver, he would probably get back to that defenseman that that he was. First thing is though is that I probably would have gone with Toffoli first, just because like you keep saying who's going to play with Bo Horvat, who's going to play with Bo Horvat, who's going to play with Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat has played with essentially nobody his entire career here right? He's had Erickson, he's had Pearson, he's had all these other guys that are kind of like, you know, they keep circling guys out and circling guys back in. I would probably go with Toffoli just because 
they need more I mean they need more depth all around but depth up front even in that within that top six you saw it with even in that Vegas series like the Canucks didn't really have much apart from one line right yeah I'm going with Toffoli yeah. probably the, the thing is like how much how, how big of a difference maker is Tyler Toffoli you know what I mean like I think he's yeah. great and I think he's awesome um and he's a like an ideal second line guy um, but playing next to Bo Horvath and somebody else bring the same out of him, you know what I mean? And that being said, I don't think that person that can do that is on the Canucks right now. I don't think Vertan is that guy. I don't think Levo's that guy. I, th- I think those guys are all, you know, third-line players. Um, but, you know, if you were to go and try to acquire one, say, next season or something, could that be of benefit to you for the Canucks? The The difference is, though, if there's no Tyler Toffoli and there's no Oliver Ekman-Larsen, uh, then I think the that's where as a person that's where like Canucks nation on Twitter should really be freaking out where you just like miss out on everybody right now. It's a little too early to be like, you know, calling for everybody's head, but Canucks nation is going to do that. I guess regardless. It's too early, but watch like Tambi, I think you tweeted it out. Watch them end up with, with no one, right? (laughs) I could see You know what? I I don't see that happening, Hmm. but what are you guys thoughts on Markstrom? Because I've been, I'm I'm a huge fan of Dr. Demko. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, the Canucks want Markstrom back because he was a leader in the locker room. And Jimbo's talked about it, how, you know, he, he's a leader. Like, the team, the players love him. He works his butt off. He is, I love Markstrom. Like, you know, Markstrom almost made me think of maybe moving a guy like Dr. Demko. But there's something about Demko. Like, I heard a story from, um, I don't know who it, I think it was Doug McLean. I'm not sure. But they, they were talking about how Demko would ride the, the, the subway or the bus to get to his hockey practices as a 13 year old 12 year old kid like this is how committed this kid is and what he did in the playoffs was unbelievable um what he did during most of the season was pretty like it was a it was progressing for sure he's only 20 24 i think i think that the Canucks gonna look at demko as the number one guy next year and maybe bring in a guy like Corey crawford or a guy like thomas grice or a guy like Antoine Hudobin, who said he has interest in, in Vancouver. I love Marky, man. I love what he's done for this team. He's been the team's MVP for the last two years. Um, the Canucks obviously look like they want to give him back, but they have a set number and a set cap and a set term that they don't want to give him. And I love J- that, that. I think Jim Benning is playing his cards right on that. But letting him go to the market and you're hearing guys, teams like Edmonton and Calgary want, and teams in your division that are willing to pay him big. It sort of scares me, but I'm also like, I really believe the reason the Canucks will benefit from Thatcher Demko isn't because Thatcher Demko isn't just because Thatcher Demko is such a good prospect. He's athletic. He's tall. He, he's progressed every season he's been in the NHL. It's because you have a guy, a goalie coach like Ian Clark, and a goalie coach like Ian Clark. That's that's made like Markstrom. Give credit to him. He's been great, and he's one of the reasons why. He's been so good. Like, you've got to give credit to himself too, right? To Markstrom as well. But Ian Clark, ever since he's come in, he's changed Markstrom. He's made Markstrom into this caliber of a goaltender. And I think he could do it to Thatcher Demko. And that's why I believe that Canucks should not be willing to give up five and a half, five years for, Dem- uh, for Markey. Like, I think they yeah. should go with Demko next year. I really believe this. Well, you know, the reason why Jim Benning is playing so much hardball and the fact that he's able to go one day or up to free agency and be confident in, you know, Markstrom testing free agency and still potentially getting a deal done or even maybe not getting a deal done 
is because he's confident in Thatcher Demko too, right? That's why this negotiation has gone so long. If they weren't confident in Demko, then they would have gotten him signed right away, right? He's the team MVP. You have to get that guy signed. But because of the fact that you have somebody that can play in a role, and like you mentioned, you have Ian Clark there as like an X factor that can play like a, that can make him into the next team's MVP, then you should obviously be pouncing on that. But here's the thing though. I don't think anybody disagrees that going into next season and beyond Demko is not going to be a legitimate starting goalie in the National Hockey League. Uh, The question to me is like, will he play to that level that Jacob Markstrom played? And when you look at the the Vegas Golden Knights series, you say, yeah, 100%, of course he will, because look how great he played in that series. Look at how Mark Stone reacted when they were shaking hands, right? Like those, that's how great you expect Demko to play. But, like, let's be real. Once Markstrom went out, there was a huge, whole lot of worry in Canucks Nation saying, man, this is the only guy that's keeping us in these games right now. What the hell are we going to do? And then, Mar- and then Demko comes in and, like, does a great job. So it's a small sample size. Um, but you're right. The Canucks do have faith in him. And there are many goalie options in the backup capacity that can come in and, you know, help. Uh, Thatcher Demko and like that's obviously what the Canucks are probably going to do like it, it makes complete sense to sign a guy like Grice or Hudobin uh, but yeah like to me it's it, it's you know important to get Markstrom done but it's not the end of the world if if they don't yeah. right if that makes sense and you know Chris Tanev and you know to me Tyler Toffoli and potentially Oliver Ekman Larson uh, Troy Stetcher even right like he, he's a third pair of guy but he's a guy that you know what he brings to the lineup. You know he wants to stay in Vancouver, uh, and you can probably get him at a decently cheap deal. He wants to stay here. That's a guy that if you can get done to your lineup and play in your third pair, like you're looking pretty good, right? And so it's it's weird. Like it's it's a weird situation. You know, if if Thatcher Demko, you know, if it's like any other position, I feel like you might be more inclined to let that kind of guy go, knowing that there's a legitimate player there to take over. Uh, but because of how good Markstrom is and because of how important goaltending is, you want to be a little bit extra careful. But, yeah, you're right. I do applaud Jim Benning for playing hardball and making this go to the very end. I, I think I think a guy like Demko, is, is you got to keep him, and he has to be an untouchable. Um, uh, and the, like Arizona wants Demko because they know what Demko is capable of. And, and, and I think it's more important that we improve our decor than give Markstrom the money he, he wants. And he deserves. Like, he deserves six by six. He deserves Louis Erickson's contract. And um, <laughs> he, does. He, he, he absolutely does. What he's proven in Vancouver, I never thought he could get to this level because, you know, he had his struggles. But, man, like, he was unbelievable the last two years. And you got to look at, you know, you got, you, but you got to look at your decor. And that's part of the reason why Markstrom was so good is because we were giving up these high danger chances. And yeah, he was saving our butt in all of the, all those like high danger chances. But if you can improve your decor and you could make it a little bit easier on your goaltenders, a guy like Demko and, and I don't think that, I think Markstrom probably will come back because they're trying their best to get the deal done. But um, you cannot trade Demko. Like Demko, I think he's going to be a stud. Like I think he's a future Vezina goaltender. Though, like here's the thing, though. Like if you do sign Jacob Markstrom, that kind of does you know point towards the end of Demko's tenure in Vancouver, right? Uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe 
maybe the Canucks think they need two goalies to win. And if they need two goalies to win, Damco is cheaper. Are you going to go pay out another goalie $3 million and have... Right. You know what? In the new NHL, you definitely need two goalies to win. Yeah. But are you going to... Is is Thatcher Demko's camp going to be okay with that? The thing is, right? they don't want to give uh, Markstrom that protection, and if because yeah. I think they really believe that Demko is a goalie of the future, but they want to they want Markstrom back because they like to have that tandem, but they don't want to give him that protection because I think they want to they they would they they wouldn't mind exposing Marky to to Seattle. I really believe that, and they I think they want to keep Demko. I really believe they want to keep Demko. Yeah, and I also believe they want to keep Markstrom. It's really, it's a really tough decision for the for the team. But I think the team has better options letting Markstrom go. It doesn't, it doesn't just free up cap. It lets you improve your D. And Markstrom fits the culture really well, man. Like, what do you think, Ryan? What do you think the Canucks should do with with Markstrom? Um, well, okay, if they go with Demko, does that put the team back? Uh, no, I think I think Demko's capable of playing to a high level. I really believe he he's ready, man. Look at Carter, Carter Hart in Philadelphia. Look at all these young goalies coming in playing good. I think uh, Blackwood in New Jersey. I know they never made the playoffs, but he was a good goalie there in New Jersey. I think that Demko is capable of, you know, Matt Murray in Pittsburgh won two cups. Look at Jordan Biddington in St. Louis. He won a cup, right? I think these young goalies are capable. I think Demko's capable. He's committed. He's He's a competitive guy. Over a full season, though, you you never really know what you're going to get over a full season, especially because we're really only basing this off of three games mainly. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you're going to need to sign a backup, whether that be, I don't know, whoever it was, uh, Anton Kudobin, Corey Crawford even maybe, you know, to kind of split games. He'd be Corey Crawford would be a perfect guy behind Demko that would... That could play thirty to forty games, almost. You know what I mean? Like, I think that'd be perfect for Demko. Mm-hmm. Well, like you were saying, goaltending is not really the issue. Like, this yeah. is probably the first time in a long time where where you can say you're confident either in Demko or Markstrom or whoever's in net. The money should go elsewhere. No defensemen, your forwards. Mm-hmm. That's why I think bringing in Oliver Ekman Larson would is be more important because mm-hmm. yeah, you'd be taking his contract back for a long term. But if you're moving away from a guy like Markey, right, then you're freeing up that cap as well. Yeah, I, I think that um, Markstrom is is definitely uh, like he's a he's a solid player. Obviously, you definitely need to try and lock down your star guys when you got him. That being said, though, Mark Denko's knocking on the door. He's ready. I like your point of you know Matt Murray and Jordan Bennington. Uh, you know Carter Hart as well, but the thing is, like over the course of NHL history, those guys have been, you know, exceptions and not the rule. And a guy like Bennington had so much seasoning in the AHL, and you know it really took injuries and you know the Blues goaltending fiasco just becoming, you know, a shit show for him to get in and then eventually winning the Stanley Cup. But take, I get it. Hot take right here, boys. I think Demko can win a Vesna Trophy in the next two years. I really believe this guy's talent. I really, I really think this guy is better than Markstrom. And I think because we have a guy like Ian Clark, he could really bring the most out of Dr. Demko. He could bring in an era where goaltending and goalies aren't necessarily stars anymore. Tanbeer, I do believe that Dr. Demko has the making of being a legitimate NHL superstar in the league, mm-hmm. and he's he's a, he's a real talent. 
Um, and I don't know if Markstrom, because he's a UFA, yes, but in general, I don't know if he's viewed as a legit star the way we view guys like Carey Price and Vasilevsky and those kinds of guys. I do have that feeling about Demko that he can be uh, a star in that capacity. The music's on. This has been the SCT Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Roger Shergill, Tanbir Arana, and Ryan Leha. We will chat with you guys next time. Free agency goes tomorrow. We'll have all of the reaction right here on the SCT Show. Thanks so much for listening.